Welcome to the Economics Explored podcast, a frank and fearless exploration of important economic issues. I'm your host, Gene Tunney. I'm a professional economist and former Australian Treasury official. The aim of this show is to help you better understand the big economic issues affecting all our lives. We do this by considering the theory, evidence, and by hearing a wide range of views. I'm delighted that you can join me for this episode. Please check out the show notes for relevant information. Now on to the show. Hello, thanks for tuning into the show. This is episode 183 on Goldbacks, a local commodity currency operating in several US states, including Nevada and Utah. The Goldback is described as the world's first physical interchangeable gold money that is designed to accommodate even small transactions. Each Goldback is embedded with one one thousandth of a troy ounce of 24 karat gold. At the end of March 2023, they could be exchanged for a bit over four US dollars. I'm delighted to say that I'm joined this episode by the founder and president of the Goldback Company, Jeremy Corden. According to Jeremy, gold is money. Everything else is credit. Okay, let's get into the episode. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jeremy. Jeremy Corden, president of Goldback. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure, Jeremy. I'm keen to chat with you about uh, Goldbacks. One of the issues we cover on this show is uh, the fiat money and uh, the issues associated with that. And uh, I, I did a, a show a few weeks back on fiat versus commodity standards for money. And uh, I mean, what's fascinating is that you've introduced your own commodity money, it appears, with uh, Goldback. Could you tell me a bit about Goldback, please? Sure. Well, just like you said, it is a commodity money and it might be one of the most successful commodity monies out there right now. Uh, you know, we produced maybe $50 million worth of gold backs that are circulating. And that was true up until the end of 2022. In the last month, I want to say that we've sold between six and seven million dollars worth of gold backs. So we're seeing this huge amount of uh, interest and growth and people that are looking for kind of these inflation-proof commodity monies. You know, if you haven't seen one, a gold back, it looks, a, you know, it's about the shape and size of a dollar bill, but there's gold encased in it. It kind of gives it like a, like a Willy Wonka ticket look. Mm-hmm. And they go down from a thousandth of an ounce of gold. So, you know, it's like a $4 gold product and they go all the way up to a 50, which has 50 times the amount of gold. It's a 20th of an ounce. And those are worth about $200 a piece. So people carry these around like bills, it spends just like cash, um, but the gold is in them and that's, that's what gives them you know, a lot of their value there. So in terms of what they're worth or what they'd exchange for in US dollars, is it broadly equivalent with the value of the gold within the notes, within the gold backs? Yeah, I'd say that's about, that's about half the value. You know, because if you melted them down, you know, if you had a giant pile of gold backs and you melted the whole thing down, you got to realize that we're splitting an ounce of gold into a thousand pieces and that costs money, right? Mm. So if you destroy all that, you know, craftsmanship and labor and effort to, to do that effectively, you know, you're only going to recover about, you know, half of that value and melt, which is still really good. It used to be far more expensive to break gold down at that level. The other half of the value is just the utility value of having a money that works well and maintains its value, which, you know, for fiat currencies, 100% of the value is utility value. 
Yeah, yeah. And so where are these being used in uh, exchange? Yeah, when we launched Goldbacks, it was about four years ago. It was 2019. And we started in Utah. Utah is a very special law that recognizes gold and silver as legal tender. And you know, we figured we couldn't find a more um, hospitable uh, legal environment anywhere in the Western world. Right. So we started in Utah. And I was thinking that the Utah Goldback would be a it would be a Utah specific project and that we probably wouldn't do any more goldback projects anywhere else. And what we found really quickly is that 90% of goldbacks for Utah were selling outside of the state of Utah. And then I started getting stories, you know, and these kind of anecdotal stories, not just from all over the US, but all over the world, that people were bartering and trading with goldbacks for things. Because go figure, the, the value of a gold back isn't just because it says Utah on it. It's, you know, it's because it's a fixed amount of gold. It's a known quantity. It's a known value. And it's very usable and barterable anywhere in the world because gold has value everywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I suppose, I guess one thing I'm, I was interested in is that the value of the gold is about half of the value of the note you were saying. So... And, and that's how you've made, like, all the goldback company makes the money because you're selling these notes for uh, more than their cost of production, which makes sense. I mean, obviously, uh, you've got to make money out of it. Uh, yeah, so that, that makes we don't, sense. We don't make half. It's not like, you know, yeah. I mean, the profit margin isn't as rich as you think. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't suggesting that, but, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Some people think that's the case. It's like, oh, I wish. <laughs> the, the one denomination, which is the thousandth of an ounce, that's actually manufactured at a loss. It costs more than we could even sell it for to make. Right, right, okay. So Utah's got a special law, and I saw that there are other there are other states where they're they're being used. Is that right? Is it New Hampshire? Did it, did I read that correct? Yeah, we got New Hampshire, Nevada, Wyoming just came out. We got South Dakota coming out this year. And are you relying on specific state laws because I remember there's an episode of Riverdale, that Netflix show, where Veronica Lodge tries to create her own Riverdale currency. I don't know if you've seen that episode at all. And uh, her father, who's the crime lord of Riverdale, Hiram Lodge, he, he has it shut down by the US Treasury. He says, and he says, you can't do this. You can't create your own local currency. But you've managed to create a local currency. How, how can you do that uh, if the US dollar is legal tender in the US? What does the Treasury say about this? You know, you're right. There, there's federal law that prohibits you from making your own currency in the United States unless otherwise authorized by state law. So if you don't have a state law to support your currency project, then you can't do it. It's illegal. So, you know, Utah was a very obvious first choice for us. We went in there. We said, okay, we got, we got a state law recognizing gold and silver as legal tender. This is gold. So we're, we're under this umbrella of state law so, you know, because otherwise, if this was a federal project, it'd be illegal. And sure enough, you know, we support a huge network of businesses in these states that you mentioned that advertise themselves as preferring to take gold back. So these do function and circulate as local currencies within these states. There's businesses outside of these states that also do it. We don't include them as part of any of our, you know, they're not like a supported business. You know, people happen to barter with these things outside of the states, but it's not. You know, that's more because it's a commodity money or a novelty or, you know, they're trying it out. You know, most of the economic activity per capita is happening inside these states, right? Where you'll see 
10 times as much activity in Utah uh, per capita than, than Colorado, you know, because Utah has its own series. So um, now as far as the state laws, Utah, it's kind of obvious, you know, it's the Legal Tender Act for, for gold and silver. But when we went to New Hampshire or Nevada, you have to, you know, start to question that. It's like, well, does New Hampshire have a special law, you know, or does Nevada have a special law? So we actually took a really unique legal approach with the gold back. Now, if you've ever used, and I'm going to an American law here, not federal, but state level. If you've ever used a coupon or a gift card, if Walmart makes its own gift cards, you know, they can't make their own local currency either, right? If you make a coupon, you can be accused of making a local currency. Uh, yeah. so the law that businesses use when they make, you know, these kind of, you know, products is called the Uniform Commercial Code. The Uniform Commercial Code gives you, you know, you have to put a cash value on the note or the unit, and then it can have a separate value. And every state adopted that law. So Goldbacks, we also plug into that law. And the way it works for us is the US Mint, I think Australia does this as well, they mint a one-ounce gold coin, and it's stamped with a $50 face value, Right? So we say is, okay, a thousand gold backs contain one ounce of gold. We'll allow you to redeem a thousand gold backs for a $50 one ounce gold coin. It's a promise that we can always keep. You know, there's never a question of I can recover the gold because you can always trade it for another form of gold. You know, and we've got tens of millions of dollars worth of gold coins that are part of a contract where, you know, if just about every gold back came in today, we could turn them all into gold coins. So at that point, the gold back becomes a coupon for a gold coin that's made out of gold. Hmm. Yeah. And because yeah. the gold coin is federal U.S. minted legal tender, you know, it, it falls neatly under the Uniform Commercial Code, which allows it to circulate and be used as money in any state in the country. Right. So do you have a background in the law, Jeremy? Is that I mean, how do, this sounds like you have to have some legal. Uh, knowledge to be able to to figure this all out and get it up and running. I was a paralegal, but my main partner in Goldback drafted the Utah Legal Tender Act in 2011. He's a little older than me. He's got more gray hair. You know, he's in his 60s, and yeah. you know, he he ended up being a very important partner to have in Goldback because you know, to your point, you're right. I mean, you know, if you make something like this, you need to have all of your ducks in a row legally. Because I didn't, I didn't do this to you know get in trouble, you know, or go to jail. We wanted to do this 100 percent right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, who's buying the gold back? So who's using it? Is this because you mentioned there's 50 million? And okay, I mean that's a good start. I mean the U.S. money supply is uh, what is oh. it, 30 trillion or something? Oh, no, I mean, sure. So, yeah, no, it's yeah. A, it's a drop in the bu- bucket. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a mosquito compared to a blue whale, right? I mean, it's not. It's not very big. Yeah, I'm, I'm not meaning to diss it. I'm just saying it's, it's at the early stages. So who are the early adopters of it at the moment? What, what are their characteristics? Are they libertarians? Yeah, I mean, uh, so, some of them. You know, I, I have a few different groups. You know, there's not one single type. But, you know, I mean, you, you have your true believers, right? You know, they look at gold backs and they say, my goodness, you fixed money and this is amazing and I want to be part of it and I want to have these and I want to have them in my wallet and I want to try to spend them and I want to show everybody. But I'd say that that group is a minority of people that own goldbacks. You also have people that are, you know, professionals. You know, they're very, you know, average people, and they look at goldbacks and they say, "Hey, this is so cool. These are so pretty. 
the artwork is so incredible. I'd love to just own a set and they'll, you know, they'll drop, you know, 400 bucks and they'll buy a set of gold backs and they'll frame it and stick it on their wall and they'll show people because they're, they're really gorgeous to look at. And you know, it's novel, you know, so they'll go out and they'll buy a set. And what happens with that second group is, you know, something will happen like this banking crisis and they'll remember, oh, hey, you know, like maybe I should own some more of those gold backs, you know, maybe just in case or something, you know, and, you know, often yeah. we'll get conversions there or, you know, it just stays as a novelty thing. Um, I also get preppers, um, <laughs> yeah. people that are, yeah. you know, they want to be prepared and it's like, okay, you've got, you know, your, your toilet paper and your, your EMP proof, whatever, and your food storage. And, you know, pretty soon you run out of space for your food storage and you think, okay, well, you know, all your dollar bills in the event of a, a hyperinflationary event aren't worth much. Do you really think you're going to be bartering with your one ounce gold coins? I mean, can you imagine trying to yeah. barter with a one ounce gold coin? I mean, you have any counterfeits we get off China? You know, it's like, right. even if you found yeah. someone that liked gold and had a, something worth 2000 bucks, you'd have to convince them it was a real gold coin. You know, so mm. a lot of these folks, a lot of these kind of more preparedness minded individuals, they're taking gold that they had stashed away for a kind of a just in case scenario, and they're turning them into piles of gold backs. We're starting to see more six figure and seven figure purchases of gold backs as people buy you know, larger orders and get more comfortable with it. So right. I'd say we have that group too. And then the final group is just people that, you know, they're small buyers, they're young people, and you know, they just want to buy a few. They want to get their toes wet into precious metals. Maybe they got one as a tip at a restaurant. Someone told them about it and that's so cool. I'm going to buy a five and a few ones. And they're just, you know, I'd say that's the majority of people that own gold backs are people that are brand new to precious metals. You know, they're between the ages of 23 and, and 45. And, you know, for whatever reason, this generation is just really excited about the gold back. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and uh, where do you manufacture them? Are they made in the USA? They're all made in the USA. Right. Very good. Okay. What's the acceptance of goldbacks by local businesses? So if I'm in, say, Salt Lake City and uh, someone someone gives me a tip in, or they pay me in a goldback, can I then take that to the local Starbucks and uh, buy a latte? Or I mean, how how widespread is its acceptance? You know, it's a lot more than you would think. When we started, I was hoping that I could get maybe five percent or ten percent of business owners on board. I think, you know, there's got to be some libertarian business owners that would support this and want to do this. Mm. If I could just make a list of them, because the first question you get is, well, okay, well, that's cute. And that's great. You made a commodity currency, but who takes it? You know, like that's where the rubber hits the road. Is it a money or is it, you know, something that belongs on my wall? So, you know, I went out and I started signing up businesses. And like I said, I was hoping for five to 10%. What I found is that about 30 to 50% of small business owners we're willing to take gold as payment. And that really surprised me. I, I'm still surprised by it. That number has actually gotten higher now, especially in Utah, since the gold back's been out for four years. It's a lot more common to have people already know about it. You know, it's just yeah. how prevalent it's become. I guess you get good word of mouth. I mean, you must get a lot of shares on social media if someone gets a, a gold back. Uh as a tip or, or payment. They're, they're, they're fun to show off. You know, millions of people have seen them. But let's say you're in Australia. You know, it's like, okay, mm. we don't have any businesses in Australia. Maybe I can't find the business owner. You know, like, what am I going to do with these? And it's like, well, you know, people give them as gifts. You know, they stick them in envelopes for their kids. You know, they, they use them as allowance, you know. And 
you know, garage sales, they have about an 80% success rate for spending gold backs. And then you're educating people. You're saying, hey, yeah. this is what commodity money looks like. Did you know that our money is not commodity money? You know, it's, uh, it's you know, kind of faith and trust and hopes and dreams. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully that'll work out for us. But, you know, can you imagine if we did have a commodity money, then we wouldn't have to, you know, have 10% inflation every year. Or, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay you a piece of gold, a real piece of 24 karat gold in exchange for that used birdcage. You know, yeah. 80% of the time, it's, that sounds amazing. You know, I love that piece of gold. Because that's what you're doing is, you know, you're, you're trading and spending gold. You know, the acceptance rate of gold is high. Okay, we'll take a short break here for a word from our sponsor. If you need to crunch the numbers, then get in touch with Adept Economics. We offer you frank and fearless economic analysis and advice. We can help you with funding submissions, cost-benefit analysis studies, and economic modelling of all sorts. Our head office is in Brisbane, Australia, but we work all over the world. You can get in touch via our website, www.adepteconomics.com.au. We'd love to hear from you. Now back to the show. So I'd like to ask some questions, Jeremy, about how scalable this is and what growth trajectory you see for it, what competitors there are. I mean, what growth trajectory do you see at the moment for Goldbacks? We are on track this year to sell between 50 and $60 million worth of goldbacks. That would be more goldbacks than were produced um, from 2019 to 2022. The next year, so 2024, we're looking at doing about $100 million. So that's twice as many gold. You know, that's, that's about equal to all the goldbacks produced in all the previous years. So you're kind of seeing this doubling. Um, you know, the further you go into the future, the harder it is to predict. You know, I think we're looking at a doubling for 2023, also 2024. It gets a little bit more gray after that because a lot of it, you know, depends on, you know, being able to scale up and seeing how the market's responding and everything else. But that's that's what we're looking at for growth. Okay. And uh, what about competitors? Is there anyone else uh, doing something similar? We want there to be. So, you know, we're doing this as a private project. You know, goldbacks are starting to sell all over the world. You know, I mean, you can buy them in Europe and Australia. And but what we're really interested in is foreign central banks. You know, you look at you know Zimbabwe, and they are making tiny gold coins for circulation in Zimbabwe because at the end of the day, the goal of a central bank is to make a money that people will actually use. That's that's what they have to do. Otherwise, your society is going to totally yeah. collapse. Um, there are about a half a dozen foreign central banks right now that are actively have projects designed to get people to circulate gold in their country. You know, one of them is Uzbekistan. They've been circulating gold there for about a decade. So going into these countries, you know, we have to build up our manufacturing capacity. But then the goal is to go into these countries and say, hey, rather than using these tiny little coins or these tiny little bars, that you know, a tiny little bar could be worth 20, 30, 40 bucks. You know, what if you can get it down to $2 worth of gold and it looks like a bill and you're not going to lose it in your pocket and all the gold's recoverable and it's serialized, by the way. You know, I think there's a real future for this technology, you know, first with, you know, foreign central banks that have these kind of hyperinflationary environments, but we can use that as a stepping stone to really build up the capacity 
so it can become an option for any central bank. And that could be that could be a great solution for humanity in a decade from now. You know, we could be looking at a decade from now, and it's like, okay, well, if nobody trusts the currency because the currency is falling apart, oh, guess what? Central banks own half of the of the world's gold reserves. Yeah, maybe we could put those into circulation because maybe nobody trusts them to you know back you know a, a dollar with gold. You know, they want to hold the gold. The trust is broken. You know, but this could ironically be something that ends up saving central banks in the end. And that's and that's how you feel the company. This is a technology company. You know, we're we're really trying to develop a technology that makes gold a better money than it's ever been. Because, you know, I mean, if if I were to put on my libertarian hat, you know, and libertarians have been saying this for 50 years, oh, we need to go back to the gold standard. Like, well, excuse me, Mr. Libertarian, you realize that the gold standard was 100 copper pennies to a silver dollar and 20 silver dollars to a gold piece. Well, what do you do when 100% of your copper is used in industry? Are you going to take all of your copper out of your power lines and melt them down so you can wear them out as pennies in your pocket? Are you going to take all your silver out of your solar panels? You know, 80% of silver is used in industry. Are you going to, you're going to take all the silver out of your electronics so you can wear them out as coins in your pocket? Are you going to have the government force peg three industrial metals together at a fixed ratio under penalty of death? Hmm. Because gold's never been small enough to circulate by itself. That's been hmm. true for 2,600 years. We've always had to have tiny little bronze, the widow's mite in the Bible, that was a bronze coin, tiny little bronze yeah. coin. So you've always had kind of this, you know, copper, bronze, silver, gold system. And the gold back is so revolutionary as a technology. Gold has never been able to be this small. If you had a gold back 100 years ago in the US, it would have the equivalent purchasing power of four wheat pennies. It's not just replacing silver, it's replacing copper as a monetary metal. Okay, so you're saying if you had this technology, so there have been there are technological improvements in the production that you're taking advantage of. Is that is that what you're saying? No, I'm I'm saying that as a as a money, you know, we've never had the technology oh, right. to make yep. gold as a precious metal small enough to buy coffee. You had to use copper or silver. You could never use gold directly as a commodity money to buy coffee. Not a cup of coffee, maybe like a you know a barge of coffee, but yeah, right. Well, because we couldn't uh, get it into a form to trade. Is that what you to exchange? Is it? Oh, you couldn't. You couldn't get gold small enough. Right. Okay. It wasn't. A, it's called the small coin problem. You couldn't have a small enough gold coin to buy little things. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And uh, you, you're talking about foreign central banks, and I was interested in the the acceptance of gold backs by the financial system, to what extent will local banks recognize gold backs? Will they recognize, or financial institutions, will they recognize them uh, as collateral, for example, uh, if you wanted to borrow uh, US dollars, for example? Uh, you know, there, there's private organizations that'll, that'll recognize them as collateral, you know, but you're looking at like vaulting institutions, right? You know, this is kind of more of the precious metal space in, in the United States. Yeah. You couldn't walk into a credit union with a bunch of Walmart gift cards and get a loan. You know, it's not it's not really their thing, you know, and, and it might mm. not be for yeah. a long time. Yeah. You know, I'm hoping that, you know, maybe in 20 years from now, we could see a future where a lot of the cash that we have is replaced with the same technology. You know, maybe they're not called gold backs, but you know, if your cash, if your Australian dollars 
you know, were made out of gold using the same technology, and we wouldn't have to worry about inflation anymore. In fact, there's enough gold now. You know, you talk about scalability. There's enough gold now owned by central banks today to replace all of the cash in the world with a technology like Goldback. And they could still have fractional reserve uh, deposits and lending. And you know, it would it wouldn't necessarily it wouldn't necessarily break anything. Mm. Do you have a sense of how much of the demand for gold backs is related to transactions? How much is speculative? How much is an in- investment? It's a great question. It's hard to know because because of the private nature of it. If I pay somebody with a gold back, nobody else knows about it. Right, mm. so uh, it's not reported to me. It's not on a blockchain, you know. Unless the two people that were parties to the transaction talk about it, it's unknowable. That said, mm. my guess is that I, I don't think they move as fast as dollars, you know. And there certainly are a lot of buyers that that buy and save, you know, which is a valid use of money. But there's there's a decent amount of anecdotal evidence out there that, you know, I was, I was at a restaurant the other day that it takes gold backs. They have a sticker. You know, outside their restaurant, hey, we accept the gold back. I asked them. I said, you know, how often do you actually get? How often do you guys actually get these? You know, and the girl working there says, well, you know, maybe once a day. So you know, I mean, yeah. you're looking at several hundred transactions a year where people are spending gold backs in the local community. Now, it's not a lot. I'm sure it's less than one percent for them, but it it shows that it's not only being used as a savings or as a novelty item. Yeah. It's interesting. So you've sold some to Australians. Uh, I'll have to check with some of my libertarian friends whether they've they've bought any. Uh, do they have? Uh, I'll have to have. I think I saw on the website how that what they look like. Are they stamped with? Uh, does, does it have Utah or the mm-hmm. state that it's the name of the state on the the goldback? Yep. Yeah, we got we got a lot of great images on on goldback.com. You know, you can see them there. And like I said, they're they're very gold, right? You know, it looks like I don't know what the currency looks like in Australia, but it's the the background color of the whole thing is gold, and what you're actually seeing is the 24 karat gold. So, right, yeah. The, the way the technology works is you have uh, a piece of polymer, like a giant sheet, and it goes through. It's called a vacuum deposition chamber. You know, some people think a gold back is made out of foil. Really, it's the same technology that puts gold in microchips in Taiwan, you know, okay. or diabetic test strips, or or in a layer of of gold in sunglasses, right? So mm. the polymer goes to the machine. The machine hits in a vacuum chamber uh, a target of gold with a laser. The gold falls down onto the polymer, and then it gets sandwiched in with another layer of polymer. So all the gold is contained inside the gold bag. And we know exactly how much gold is in it. That's that's the idea there. Okay. Okay. And uh, finally, the value of gold backs in terms of the exchange rate with the U.S. dollar does that uh, is that linked to the gold price? Does that move? Uh, it's very highly correlated with the, the gold it, price. Yes, but we've seen it jump a few times. So I'll give you an example. Okay. It, for any commodity, for anything out there. The price is determined by supply and demand. And the gold back as a unit yeah. is a little bit separate than the rest of gold in general because gold backs are easy to spend and use as money. So I'll give you an example. In 2020, in March, when, when COVID really kind of hit the US, every gold back sold out. You know, every gold back and every store, they were gone in a matter of days. 
And the only place to buy one was on eBay and they were $50 a piece because, you know, it's supply and demand. You know, it didn't happen to all the gold products out there. It happened to goldbacks because I think that people were concerned that the bottom could fall out of the currency and they wanted to have a currency with value. So you mentioned $50. What were they trading at before COVID? Like $3. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So it was was quite the spike. It really surprised me. Wow. You know, this is, you know, people are really serious about this. It's, well, it's like, you know, you have the best lifeboat on the Titanic. Mm. It's got the motor and the the heated seats and, you know, GPS. It's the nicest one on the whole Titanic, but you've only got 16 spots on it. Yeah. Not that hard to fill up the lifeboat, but when it's time to get on the lifeboats, you know, it's like the, the value of those spots goes up. Because all the other lifeboats, yeah. you know, if it's gold coins, you're bartering with the $2,000 gold coin. That's your money now. Mm. Like, that money sucks. Okay. You know, so people, yeah. you know, we're starting to see people, again, that are preppers that have been buying gold for a long time. There's kind of this gestation period where they find gold backs, they discover it, they think about it, they have it, they buy some more. And then, you know, something clicks in their mind where they say, hey, you know what? I own $200,000 worth of gold for a just-in-case scenario. The only gold that's useful in my house for a just-in-case scenario are these gold backs. You know, and then they'll, you know, they'll go to one of our retailers, they'll ship in all their gold coins, and they'll trade for gold backs. And you know, gold backs, they've, they've yeah. doubled in price since 2019. And gold bullion, gold coins, hasn't. You know, it's gone up maybe you know, 60 70%. Goldbacks has actually been outperforming gold bullion and gold coins. And that's, that's what surprised everybody, including myself. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, any other points uh, you think are important about goldbacks, Jeremy? I'm, I'm happy with the responses so far. I've learned a lot. And, uh, yeah, I think it's fascinating, uh, fascinating to have a commodity money out there. So, yeah, any other points that would be good to uh, get across? Yeah, I'll give you a couple data points. I'll let you go because I, I could probably talk about goldbacks all day, but we don't want to do a five-hour podcast, right? I mean, but I'll tell you this: in 2023, we think that goldback is going to produce more individual goldbacks, more units of gold than any other producer of gold in the world, including the Perth Mint, including the U.S. Mint. We think there's going to be more total individual goldbacks out there than any other product. So that's that's what we're looking at for for growth. You know, I say that and it sounds extraordinary, but you know, I, I tease people like, do you know who the biggest manufacturer of tires is in the world? Care to guess? Oh, is it? Uh, I don't know. Is it Bridgestone or it's Lego? Lego. Oh, of course, with their uh, <laughs> the toys. You say is that? Well, they're tiny. Right? Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not that different for goldback, you know? I mean, you know, if I have a one one-thousandth of an ounce product, yeah, it doesn't take me that long to catch up to the big boys in terms of total production numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we, we are taking a bigger piece of the gold market. You know, right now, we're about a third of 1% of the value of all the gold sales in the U.S., which is not bad, you know? Uh, we're probably the number one for hyperfractional and, you know, goldback is also the number one for most successful local currencies in the United States. If you added up all the value of all the other legal local currencies in the United States, the goldback collectively, the, the four different goldback states, it's bigger. 
So that's that's exciting too. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to do the numbers in my head. So if you're going to be, you mentioned, is it 50 to 60 million of gold backs that you could be producing and therefore and half of the value is the gold. So that's 30, say 30 million and the price of gold, what is it, nearly 2,000 an ounce or something. So yeah, I was just trying to do the numbers in my head to figure out how much, how many ounces of gold you must be using a year. Do you, I could put it in the show notes, but is that something you disclose? I'm just interested in that. So we do have a graph on our website that we put out. We update every quarter showing out okay. how many gold backs are out there. Okay. I think the last update shows 11.8 million gold backs. Yeah. You know, and if you figure they're worth about four bucks a piece, you know, you're looking at right around $50 million worth. Yeah. But like gotcha. I said, in the month of March alone, yeah. you know, we might have done more than 10% of that in one month. In just mm-hmm. March, you know, we've we've seen a huge spike in interest with all the banking turmoil out there. People are looking for, you know, safer places to put their money. Yeah, yeah, understandable. Okay, Jeremy Corden has been fascinating. I'm going to look more into it, uh, and uh, yeah, it looks like you you could be at the start of something really big. Uh, I mean, I guess it's you know you're doing well to, already. If you think about where you are, and I mean the potential for it i mean it's you know it's even much bigger than that it's huge it's very early days right it's very early days you know and you know i I really hope that we see greater adoption of the technology there's you know possibly a global demand you know stable inflation proof commodity currency and you know the future i think a lot of it depends on you know how our central bank's going to react how our government's going to react you know, people tend to really like them, but, you know, you have these established kind of powers. And I'm hoping they look at this as, you know, technology and an opportunity as opposed to, you know, uh, an antagonistic competitor. You know, because really, who owns all the gold? You know, it's not me. You know, it's them. You know, and if I can make it more mm. useful, maybe there's something there. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. Jeremy Corden, president of Goldback. Thanks so much for appearing on the show. I really found that uh, fascinating. And, uh, yeah, it's it's good to see uh, practical examples of, uh, well, of, of commodity money uh, in the modern uh, world. So uh, it's terrific. So uh, thanks so much uh, for your time. Yeah. No, I, I think I think you'll, uh, you'll be really pleased with that. I'll have to send you some Goldbacks. Handle them and then pass them around. Oh, and- please do. You know. Excellent. Okay. Thank you, Jeremy. You have a have a great day. Thank you. Okay. All right. Take care. Okay. I hope you found that informative and enjoyable. Jeremy is super passionate about goldbacks, and I must say I was impressed by the rate of growth of goldbacks in circulation. And I enjoyed learning about the different types of people who have been buying them. And I must say, I was surprised that it appears many local businesses have been accepting them as payment. Certainly, it's an interesting experiment and one I'll keep an eye on in coming years. The one reservation I have about goldbacks is that you have to pay substantially for the privilege of having goldback money. Given only half the value of a goldback is due to the gold content. One goldback costs over four US dollars and it contains one one thousandth of a troy ounce of gold. Currently, a troy ounce of gold is worth nearly $2,000. That is around $2 for one one-thousandth of an ounce. 
Of course, if you're worried about a future hyperinflation or societal collapse, paying $4 for each gold back could be a good deal, as Jeremy has argued. In that scenario, gold backs could end up serving as a widely accepted currency. I don't think we're headed for that scenario, but I'm less sure about that than I have been in the past, and hence I can understand why some people may see gold backs as a useful thing to buy. Furthermore, I admit they do look impressive, and there would be some novelty or show-off value in owning some gold backs, and uh, yes, I'm, uh, I'm actually looking forward to getting my hands on some. Of course, uh, none of this is uh, financial or investment advice. Okay, I'd be interested in your thoughts on goldbacks. Do you see value in them? How widespread do you think the use of goldbacks could become? Please send me an email with your thoughts. You can reach me via contact at economicsexplored.com. Thanks for listening. Righto, thanks for listening to this episode of Economics Explored. If you have any questions, comments or suggestions, please get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. You can send me an email via contact at economicsexplored.com or a voicemail via SpeakPipe. You can find the link in the show notes. If you've enjoyed the show, I'd be grateful if you could tell anyone you think would be interested about it. Word of mouth is one of the main ways that people learn about the show. Finally, if your podcasting app lets you, then please write a review and leave a rating. Thanks for listening. I hope you can join me again next week. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. For more content like this, or to begin your own podcasting journey, head on over to obsidian-productions.com.